Welcome to Career Tools. This week, driving your goals from those of your boss. Part one. Here we go. Okay, Wendy, so we're recording this on January 1st of 2015. Yeah, you, you and I are right at the beginning of the year, and people could be listening to it at any other time of the year, which is a bit weird, but we're in New Year mode. Yeah, we don't talk about that very much, that, that uh, people listen at all different times. In the very beginning of the podcast, people all waited with bated breath for the first ones, but now there are so many and so many new people join us that there are many people who don't even, won't even know that this cast exists in the hundreds of casts and the hundreds and thousands and millions of listeners we have. So we're going to talk about working out your goals, figuring out your goals in relation to those of your boss. For us, for you and I, of course, it's the start of the year, and we're thinking about new goals that the organization sets for us, calendar year, financial year, fiscal year, HR year. But there's always some start. Sometimes your goals are part of a process, right? You're, you're part of a company that says, this is the way we do it. Um, usually not. That's been my experience. In fact, I don't mean to be cynical, but I think it's safe to say that most managers don't know how to do what we suggest. It's a fundamental part of being effective. It's certainly part of being an executive. Most managers are not told much about it. And I think most managers secretly have a wish. I don't want to have to put my goals in writing because that can be used against me at the end of the year because I'm inevitably going to be pulled away from them a thousand times and I don't have any power to, to say no to other things. Yeah, all the goals that you're given are so vague that they're not helpful. Like I used to have a goal, keep the customer happy. That was it. You yeah, know, like, okay, this is board-level people in a $13 billion company, and all I had as a goal was to keep them happy. Yeah, crazy. Um, yeah, what's the metric for happiness? Um, okay, so how do we work with our boss to establish our goals? Your goals can't be completely separate from your boss, so we're going to tell folks how to do that. We're going to get into a good bit of detail, so we've got a two-parter here. So walk us through the outline. Okay, so first of all, we're going to schedule time to talk about the goal, uh, our goals, the boss's goals with the boss. In the, in that meeting, we're going to find, try and find out what our boss's goals are, whether they've been written down, whether they've come from the company or whether he's just making them up, but it doesn't matter. And then we're going to break down his goals in order to decide what we should be doing. We're going to divide them into four. And then we're going to set our goals and then we're going to go back to him and show him how, how our goals support his in order for him to approve them, sign them off, bless them, whatever. Right. Now, it's interesting. Schedule time to talk about goals. And uh, I suspect, unfortunately, many people are going to get less than a great answer from their boss. Um, mm -hmm. And so we may have to do another cast. I mean, we've talked about this. But we have to do another cast about what do you do if you, you, there's no communication from your boss? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's too bad. But, folks, we understand that that might occur to you, and we're hopeful that your boss will respond the right way, and that's what this cast is about. So let's talk about scheduling time. Yeah, so we can't talk. Yearly goals is a big topic, so you can't talk about it in the corridor or, you know, in an offhand conversation, especially for those of us who have bosses who like to prepare before meetings. Like you don't want to ambush them and go, okay, what's my yearly goals? Because they won't say anything because they won't have anything to say because they haven't thought about it yet. So you need time to prepare and your boss probably, possibly needs to prepare 
Uh-huh. depending on what kind of personality they have or, or what kind of style they have. And you probably want to find out from your boss if he or she is going to be given goals from their boss because you can't have this conversation before that happens and you don't want to have it too long after that happens. So if you can find out when that conversation is going to happen or even if it's going to happen, um, that helps you with scheduling the meeting. And it's entirely possible that you're listening to this, let's say in January, and your boss already got his goals or her goals in December uh, and it make it easy. Or they say, well, I don't really get a lot or it doesn't happen till February. So come and talk to me then. Um, I know one company where nothing happened in January and this is a big company because everybody was busy writing annual reviews and it was such a political process. Literally nothing of any importance got done in January other than basic customer service. So you're not going to be able to control that guys. There's nothing you can do about it. And this is a process which many people get frustrated by that, you know, oh, my boss isn't isn't taking care of me. He or she doesn't tell me what it is I need. It, you know, I, I, I really need this in order to be aligned with him. And we can assure you in 90% of those cases, your boss feels exactly the same way about what her or his boss is giving to him or her. And so you can rail against your boss all you want that they may not have what you might like, but don't be surprised if they're in the same boat that you are. And there's not a lot they can do about it. Yes, it may be true that everybody else's boss does a good job and yours is the one, but don't assume that yours is the one because far more often he or she is getting treated the same way by their boss. Okay. So once you know that your boss has our goals, what do you do? So you want to ask for a meeting about a week later. You don't want to have the meeting immediately because she needs time to think about the goals and kind of assimilate them and work out, you know, how she's going to achieve them with the team she has. And on the other hand, you don't want to wait too long because you want to be part of the process. You don't want it all to have been set in stone and then not be able to have your input. And if this is the first, if you if you ask for a meeting, you only need 15 minutes for her to say, yes, these are the goals that I've got for our team for the next year. But if she asks you why, because you know, like people are often, if you send a, um, a meeting notice that says yearly goals, your boss is going to say, okay, what do you want to talk about? And so an answer like, I want to get better at aligning my goals with yours and the organization in general. I'm going to ask you for a meeting to discuss it. You know, you want to have an explanation ready because the likelihood of you being asked what this meeting is about is high. Right. And then after that, once you know that she has her goals, you ask for a meeting about a week later and say, okay, you don't want to ask for the meeting immediately. You don't want to pounce on her because she needs time to think about it, work out how she's going to achieve it and so on. But, you know, a, a week is probably fine. A month is probably too long. Don't be surprised if you get pushback. Um, if your boss is getting less than clear guidance and your boss doesn't know what he's going to do and then your boss feels pressure from you. And I know you think, well, my, can't, my boss won't feel pressure from me. But, yeah, they do. And they don't know what to tell you. And they're worried that if they put you on the wrong path, they don't have to change your path in a month or two months or whatever. Don't be surprised if this doesn't go smoothly because your boss is feeling pressure from below from you and we recommend you do it in as nice a way as possible, but they're not feeling like 
They're getting clear guidance, and not every boss is ready to say, well, to heck with my boss. He's not going to give me guidance. He just says, I'm supposed to know it. That's the that's what the average director would say to a manager. That's what the average senior manager would say to a manager. Look, just figure it out. Okay, it ought to be obvious. This is your role. You ought to be able to figure it out, and I'll judge you at the end of the year, not only based on whether you achieve your goals, but whether or not you, achieve, you, you set the right ones. And so don't be surprised if your boss is not as forthcoming as you want to be and at the same time, even though you're applying a little bit of pressure, your boss is going to be pleased that you're doing what any professional subordinate would do, which is, hey, where are we headed? And how do you want me to align with you? And what are the things you're going to measure me against? And can't wait more than a month because hopefully there'll be some give and take and you want to be part of the decision-making process rather than just your boss throwing some numbers over the transom at you. So, guys, don't be put off. Ask nicely. It may not happen. We'll cover how to do that later, right? If, if for some reason your boss doesn't give you any guidance, you're going to have to, if you'll pardon the expression, pull on your big boy pants and make a decision. Uh, and you could be wrong. You could achieve all your goals in a year where your boss doesn't tell you what your goals should be and then have your boss say, oh, you chose the wrong goals. And you could blame your boss partially for that. And you could say, well, okay, I'm not as good as I wanted to be. So, okay, now we need to find out what the boss's goals actually are. Yeah. So literally all you need to find out in this meeting is what the goals are, what the, what the metrics are, whether it's to finish a project or start a project or um, to achieve certain numbers, what, whatever they are. But you only need the goals. You don't need to have your boss's thoughts on whether or not who's going to do what or how they're going to be achieved if they if they're not ready to share any of that that's fine as long as you get the goals so you so it's literally only a 15 minute meeting because you just want to say hey hey boss i just want to understand the team's goals for the year can you just let me know what they are and the shorter the meetings are the more likely you are to get them yeah and what i find interesting about this is that most people I think secretly want not just the boss's goals, but how he tends to get there and his entire plan and everything else. And now you're asking for the cherry on top of the Sunday as well. And in fact, it may be misguided. And you want more ability to choose your own path within reason and asking for, hey, what are your goals and how do we intend to get there? What's the strategy and so on? The average boss may not look like a deer in the headlights, but that's how they'll feel because they feel like they're very close to the end of the whip using a, you know, somebody at the top cracks the whip and somebody at the bottom just feels the crack. I'm not talking about whipping people. I'm talking about being at the end of a, a small change that happens at the top that ripples on down and becomes intolerable at lower levels. And your boss is only one step above that from you. And there are people who would say, after having been through that experience, I'll do anything to go to work for a company that has a very clear goal-setting process just because I hate the feeling of, I don't have any guidance at all. Everybody just figure it out. And at the best organizations in the world, it's clear. We're going in this direction. Here are the three things we're doing. Vice presidents, figure out what you're going to do. Communicate it to your directors and senior directors and senior managers and so on. And it comes all the way down. In really good companies that are still learning how to do this, it can take three or four months, which I find monumentally bad. But there are very few companies that do this very, very well. So be thrilled if you get clear goals from your boss and nothing more. Absolutely. Now, we've hinted at the idea that your boss may not be receptive to this conversation. 
Mm -hmm. So if they say something like, well, just do the same as last year or, you know, I don't know what my goals are. You know, nobody's told me either or, you know, something to, they avoid the, avoid having the conversation, then you need to do some detective work. So what were last year's goals? What did you get measured on? Do you know what your boss got measured on? Can you work it out from any of the memos or things that came around or the news items that were part of the company? What are the division goals or even what are the whole company goals? Um, I remember reading the book about the lady who went, who was at HP. I can't remember her name. Carly Fiorina. Carly Fiorina, yeah. When she started at HP, she had three goals. She divided it into, like, I've got three goals. Well, if you know that that's what the goal is at the top, then maybe you can work it down all the way down to you. It's kind of, it's a hard, it's a long way to come, but it could be, could be done. So do some detective work and then decide what you think the three or four goals are that your boss has. And, and it doesn't matter if you're, 30% off because you're better than everybody. Uh, you're better than not knowing anything. And, you know, just do the same as last year isn't very helpful. And if you've got four goals and three of them are lined with your bosses and one of them isn't, then you're doing better than you were last year when you had no goals. You just did the same as last year. Yeah. Okay. So an example. Okay. Let's say you work at a small company. You're the sole IT guy. There's a salesperson, an owner, a couple of people in customer service. Everything is provided over the internet. Okay. Your boss says, hey, we had two million last year. Next year we want to be three million. And that's all he says. And when you ask him, he says, keep the website up. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's not unusual, I, w- I would guess. I mean, you know, that's been my experience. That seems pretty normal. Yeah, lots of small companies don't have goals apart from stay in business. Yeah. And like as we've just said, lots of big companies don't have goals that are well-defined at, as far down as manager or individual contributor. There might be well-defined goals at the top, but there aren't any at the bottom. Right. So if this is all you have, that's okay. And then we're going to move on to breaking down the goals in yeah. order to derive yours. Now, with that in mind, guys, if that's all you have, you might say, I-, I can't do that. We'll show you how to do it, but you'll have to make a choice. What do you think is important? And by the way, you're going to be able to go back to your boss and say, here's what my goals are. And your boss may say, well, this is ludicrous. Uh, even if you're the only person on the team that comes back and says, hey, based on what you told me your goals were, I, I did my best to guess. Here are the three things I'm going to be focusing on this year. And here's the way I'm going to measure it. You may be wrong, as Wendy indicated, on 25% of it, or maybe even more. You're still going to be better off than the person who doesn't do this, who doesn't think about their job. And there's one thing worse than having measures that you created and not achieving them, having goals and then measures to support those goals. There's one thing worse than having them and not achieving them, and that's not having anything at all and having your boss not like you. Um Because if you don't have any goals, any metrics at all, you may think, well, there's no report card. They can't get rid of me. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) it's worse than that. Uh, Now you can be gotten rid of just because they don't like you. Yeah, there's no report card to support you either. Yeah. So if you're going to be a professional, you have to be willing to do the hard work to create a report card. Yeah. 
And and if you if you really are thinking that you might be got rid of, then having the report card really helps with your resume of yeah, exactly. having de- right. deliberate goals and knowing how much you achieved in the measures against them. That helps too. Yeah. Imagine you don't have any goals and your boss decides he's going to lay you off for some reason. And, you know, I, I talk about three people during layoffs. If you're at a bigger company that might go through layoffs, there's people who have goals and achieve them and people who have goals and don't achieve them. And if you have goals and you don't achieve them, yeah, you're probably at risk. If you have goals and achieve them, you're probably fine. But in the group in the middle, there's a bunch of people who don't have goals. And you think that helps you when in fact it hurts you because you have nothing to support you. If for some reason you get laid off and you came up with your goals uh, and there were, let's say, five of them and you achieve four of them, you can put that on your resume. And when the hiring company you're you're interviewing with says, well, you know, what happened? So, well, unfortunately, I got laid off or my boss and I had a difference of opinion. That's a better conversation if you have a resume that's chock-a-block full of accomplishments. It's as simple as that. And, Wendy, I have to say, as as we've been having this cast, I'm more and more convinced that the biggest thing we're doing with this cast is convincing people of the idea of you have to have a stake in the ground. And we're providing a process for how to put that stake in the ground, but there will be many people who will listen and go, well, I can't do that, or I don't want to do that, or there's political risk with that, and so on. And they're right. Although those things are, are potentially problematic, and there's also a potential risk with not having it, and everybody just wants to whistle by the graveyard, when in fact, this is what professionals do. You create a different type of risk, a clearer type of risk by having clear goals. But I'll tell you something else. Six months from now, when somebody asks you to go to a meeting that doesn't support your goals, and your boss is ambivalent about whether you should go or not, you could say no. Mm-hmm. And and you'll know why. If you feel sometimes like everybody's going in 30 different directions, it's because a lot of people don't have goals or don't believe that their goals matter enough to be able to stand up to somebody and say, no, we're not going to do that. One of the differences between managers and executives is executives say no. And too many managers mistakenly believe that executives say no simply because they have the power to do so. Yes, there are executives who do that for that very reason. But the vast majority of good executives say no because they look at the request, they look at the opportunity and say, that's not an opportunity that we were going to commit to, and I can't do everything. And one of the most important things I do is say, there are some things I'm not going to do. It's really as simple as that. And maybe this is a good time to end this cast at this point, simply because we've made the case about why, and now we're going to go through breaking down his goals. Does that sound good? It sounds good. Good. Okay. So, folks, like we said, this is part one. Come back from part two. We'll break down your boss's goals in more detail, talk about what comes into your area of responsibility and so on. Thanks, Wendy. Thanks. Bye, everyone. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Come back next week for the conclusion of the show, starting off 2015, talking about goals and how to work toward them. See you then. See you then.